This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Clip and Roll. I am your host, Justin Russo. Thank you for joining us for episode two. I'm your other host, Farbad S. Najari from Sports Illustrated. This podcast is being brought to you by Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. In this episode, well, I was going to give you an episode of Rundown, but by now you know the NBA season has been postponed slash suspended, whatever you want to call it. Because of the stuff going on around the globe, aka the coronavirus and COVID nineteen. So we're just gonna go live today. We're just gonna go, no script. Whatever you yeah. want us to do, we're gonna do. Yeah, like see, Farbot and I for the first episode we had a script. Like you know, we had this entire thing. There's really no script for today. Like we're just gonna wing this. Um, look, man, you know this is the story that's gripping the globe. You cannot go five minutes without hearing anything about it. You go out in public to go to a store to buy any food, which good luck to get anything right now, but it's gripping. It's like, you know, everyone's, I'm not gonna say everyone, but most people are panicked and I under a hundred percent understand why, you know, it stopped the sports world dead in its tracks. You know, Rudy Gobert test positive for COVID-19. The Oklahoma city medical trainer comes sprinting out of the locker room, right. As the ball's about to be tipped off and stops the game. And who honest to God, I want to, I'm going to say something. It will never be known how many people that man's potentially saved by running out. Yeah. I mean, when you want to think about it, I, I don't want to talk about this, the game too much, but when you think about it, Rudy, Rudy was about to play. Like he was good enough to play. He wasn't going to play that game, but he was good enough to play. And they tested him for influenza, came out negative, And then they were like, you might as well just test him for COVID-19. They test him and he came up positive and they figured out at the very last second, him just running around. And what's crazy is then you learn that the little kid, Rudy Gobert gave an autograph to is infected. And that kid probably infected his parents and possibly his grandparents. And that's how it goes from one start to another start to someone that could actually get infected. But it was so weird. I remember, uh, all of us who were going to cover the game were fully expecting to work Friday and Saturday as in, uh, you know, this week we were fully expecting to work, just empty arena. And then all of a sudden we weren't out of nowhere. And it's like, Oh, this just went from, this just went from like, Oh, I guess we're in a pretty bad situation. to Oh, we're done. So yeah. Like everything literally stopped. And I want to give the guy's name, the, the thunder director of medical services who came sprinting onto the court to, to call the huddle with the officials to stop the game right before it tipped off was Donnie Strack. Donnie Strack, in my book, is a hero. 
It sounds dumb, but he was the guy who stopped it from happening. Donovan Mitchell tested positive for it. Donovan Mitchell was going to play that game. I mean, if anybody calls you dumb for calling him a hero, I'll fight him. Just, just put it plain and simple. I'll fight him. I don't need to see think pieces from the New York Daily News about how Rudy Gobert is some accidental hero. He's not. He was an idiot. And I'm sorry if that offends people who might be listening. I, I think everything Rudy Gobert do, did was stupid. But Donnie Strack deserved to have his name known. I feel bad because Rudy's a nice guy, but it's like, what are the odds that the one guy who decided to mess with all the microphones was the agent zero, like patient zero, that the one guy who decided to make fun of it was the one who was patient zero. Like, that's so crazy to me. Well, it's it's crazy too because um, Sam Amick had the article that came out that day, like the NBA is trying to avoid patient zero. And then literally that day, not even six hours later, it happened. And like the the first thing I thought was like, man, this is this is gonna suck, you know, for everybody who's wanting to watch the games, all the media guys, but then it's like then you think about all the arena employees and all the employees for the team and the part time employees for the team, because just like there's arena employees, there's all these part time employees. So that's that's what made me want to do that piece. Talk about your piece. T- t- tell everyone what you did, just so they know. So I interviewed a bunch of full-time Clipper employees, part-time Clipper employees, and Staples Center employees that are part-time, just to see, you know, what ha- what was going through their head. What like are they going to get paid? And it's funny because a lot of people, the Clippers, thought we were going to have fans in the game on Friday. Like they didn't expect anything. None of them were expecting a shutdown. They expected like something to happen. Not when before Rudy Gobert, obviously. They thought it was going to be a different game, but they didn't know how. They didn't know like if it was going to be an empty arena, like how many of us are coming to work. Like Nobody had those answers at all. And so all the full-time employees, they get their full salary. Some of them get laptops to work from home if they didn't get laptops. So the Clippers provided them laptops. And it was cool for the sales team because the sales team got paid all their commission for all the games they already sold, which is a pretty nice gesture. And then on top of that, for Staples Center, all the part-time you know, arena employees are going to get taken care of by every single tenant within Staples Center. Um, they probably had it the scariest because it, it took the longest amount of time. And some of my best friends over there, you know, they're the Staples Center guys, the ushers and the purple shirts. And I just remember immediately one of the first things I asked them was like, I was like, are you good? Before the Rudy Gobert thing happened, I was like, are you good? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. Don't worry. And then when the Rudy Gobert thing happened and the and the season got postponed, he immediately was like, I don't even care about the virus now. I just need to figure out how I'm going to get money. And like that was, I'm sure, what was on everybody else's mind. Yeah, I want people to understand like, you know, you hear all this stuff about the virus and the virus is very contagious. Every, every report I read, I'm going to be honest with you, going on social media and reading about it scares the, like just scares the crap out of me. Like every little piece of information gets worse and worse. And maybe that's a good thing because unless you get terrified about it, you can't do anything to stop it. And, but I think what, 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 what kind of got lost in a lot of it, which we were seeing kind of change now is the employees, the economic impact of just businesses being forced to have to shut down, like these, there's a human cost beyond just uh, what the virus toll does. Like, like there's an economic, like mortality rate as well. You know what I mean? What you know, what I do like about what happened though is 
all of a sudden every NBA player became a gamer and uh, everyone's everyone's just playing video games now and tweeting about playing video games and one of my friends in the WWE messaged me literally messaged me today and he was like hey how do I set up a Twitch account I want to become a Twitch streamer <laughs> which is like I think that's like the general consensus of every single athlete is like okay now I'm going to become a Twitch streamer hey man there's money in that there's sponsorships and sponsorships in that so Look, I personally, I'm a big video game guy. I love video games. I play them all the time. Personally, I think it's better if people play video games. It's one way to pass the time while all of this happens. You know, maybe it'll keep people indoors a little bit more. Because, like, not to get on the high horse, social distancing is a thing that needs to happen. I don't think people understand how big of a deal that is. Because you have to... There was a very good article on Medium today that came out. I can't remember who exactly wrote it, but it was an article on Medium about how social distancing... Uh, helps mitigate and stem the tide of uh, the spread of the virus. So like if you kind of isolate yourself for like a couple days or a little bit longer, if you can, you know, I know a lot of people aren't able to Um, some people take care of relatives who are at risk and stuff like that. So I understand it's very tough. Um, Believe me, I sympathize with you. It's just, if you can just do your best to not go out anywhere where there's a ton of people. Don't try to rub shoulders with people, you know, obviously handshakes and all that stuff, you know, eight, you know, 86 that like that's got to go. Just binge watch Game of Thrones. It'll take you. It'll take you a month. Binge watch Game of Thrones. And also I started a series on Netflix called Ugly Delicious. It's a food show. I don't know if you've watched it. Uh, I, I watched it when it first came out. You know, it's funny, actually. The first thing I thought of when this happened. So Zubot's binge watched all the star wars movies in one week and he watched them in order which is funny he watched it one two three four five six he liked episode one i did that as well to get ready for the last one yeah he he did that he binge watched all of them like a month ago because i told him and i'm sure the fans will like this so he his favorite video his favorite movie series is lord of the rings and I was like, oh, have you watched Star Wars? And he's like, no, not really. And I was like, well, that's basically Samurais in space. So you should watch. <laughs> I was like, you should watch Star Wars because it's basically Lord of the Rings in space. He's like, oh, OK. And then a week later, he's like, I watched all of them. And I was like, well, damn. And then, like now he comes to the arena in Star Wars hoodies. And then he hasn't watched episode nine. And he binge watched all of these. And he still hasn't watched episode nine. And I was like, dude, what the hell? Like, you should probably watch this by now. And I saw after the coronavirus happened, Disney released episode nine early and I texted him immediately and I was like, hey man, you need to watch episode nine now. There's no excuse. He's like, that's facts. I got to get on it now. So I'm hoping <laughs> by next week I could get, you know, his uh, his review of episode nine. That'd be good. Like, I, I kind of want to know how he feels about that. I feel like uh, it's it's a movie that people are just like, they're just split on. Like some people love it. Some people don't. Well, he hated episode eight, so I think he'll like episode nine. Okay, that's understandable then. Usually, usually it's like that's where you get split. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it, it starts bringing out more stuff to talk about with players afterwards too, because you start learning. They're being so public with their interests. You know, like everyone is publicly talking about what video games they're playing, publicly talking about what show should I watch. Everyone's like, like I'll, I'll just say everyone's down. Like this is downtime for people. So just watch things that you've always wanted to get around to. Maybe read a book. That's the one thing. I have a big book pile that I need to go through. So maybe this will allow me to get through that. Yeah, I started been, I started watching The Outsider. That's what I did. Is that good? Eh, it started out really hot and I don't like the direction it's going, but I only have two episodes left. So I'm committed now. 
March has arrived, and we were only a few weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. However, you can still make sure to head over to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. If there is a March Madness, you will want to be in on that contest. You do not want to miss out on a chance at $100,000. That's right. I said $100,000, and I did say March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get on get in on the action. And with multiple entries available, it's the season's best chance to cash in. And remember, while the NBA and the XFL are not still going strong as of this moment, they will pick back up again in the near future. So whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all of your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code Blue Wire. That's all one word, Blue Wire, for your 50% sign up bonus. Promo code Blue Wire. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. You know, so before before we had the whole post moment, we still had some games this week. We had the Laker game and the uh, Golden State Warriors game. What did you think of those two? The Warriors game was such a big difference from the Clippers game. I'm sorry, from the Lakers game that uh, I don't know how much to take from the Warriors game because the Warriors are so awful. Like Steph and Draymond didn't play and you're supposed to blow them out. But you know, I guess the biggest thing you can take away is that they're not they're not messing around with the bad teams anymore. Yeah, like they, they're coming out like it was real funny, right? Um, it was like four two or two two. Then they went up like 14 to four. And then like Golden State made like that 8-0 run. And then the Clippers basically just throttled them after that. Look, if you take it, I said this many times. If you take it seriously in the beginning, you get to chill at the end of the game, which is what happened. If you chill at the beginning of the game, you have to take it seriously much later and run the risk of running guys into the ground. And what'd you, uh, what'd you think about the Laker game? It was, first of all, it was the most annoying day on Twitter. We'll just put that out. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a weird game because... I don't think the Clippers lost because the Lakers were so much better. I think the Clippers just shot themselves in the foot with dumb stuff. Like Marcus Morris was 0 of 9, 0 of 7 from 3. Uh, Patrick Beverly was only 1 of 3. He didn't really shoot that much. Michael Green was 1 of 5. Before Lou Williams hit that 3 to end the game, which was meaningless, he was 2 of 10. You know, when Morris and Lou are 2 of 19 combined, you're not going to win many games. I don't care how good Kawhi and PG were. You know, they combined for 58 points. The other thing is I feel like the Clippers lost this game early on. There was a point in that second quarter with about four minutes to go. I'm sure you remember this. Minutes. Yeah, the non-LeBron minutes, and they were up by nine. And they had the ball twice to extend it to double digits and couldn't. And they had this set of lineup in. Yeah, and that's the problem is, you know, LeBron wasn't in and you couldn't extend the lead. It went from nine to uh, four at the half, and... Look, it doesn't, it sounds weird to say that, oh, that little five point swing, like that's a, you know, you get five points taken off your lead. How do you even still lose? Like, that's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. It's just those little runs make a difference. You know, the Clippers were seven of 31 from three in that game. They just missed a ton of threes. So do you think they, would you say it was because they missed a bunch of wide open shots or do you think it was poor execution or do you think it was like a bad rotation? Because I thought it was a combination of the three. I didn't like their ball movement. I thought the ball got stagnant a lot, like especially in the, obviously the second half. They just, they, they got way too into this mode of like matchup hunting in the mid post, which was very weird to me. 
Like they didn't need to do that. Like they like they kept giving Marcus Morris the ball. They kept giving Kawhi the ball in the mid post, which I I, like, I get. Like it's understandable. You know, they, they took seven wide open threes. They only made two of them, but they were four of 17 on open threes. Like guys just didn't hit shots. Like Kawhi was like two of nine from three. PG was the only guy really going from deep. I mean, that, the one thing that stood out the most to me that game, I mean, obviously Landry Shaman only played eight minutes, which is weird because he's supposed to be the X factor. But the the one thing that stood out is PG was the best player on the court the whole game. And the fourth quarter comes instead of just giving him the ball, like he got one, his first shot was when there was one minute left in the game. And it's like, how can you let that happen? Even if there's no ball movement, just give the guy the ball and let him do something. If he was that hot the whole time, let him at least attempt to shoot something. Yeah. They, uh, they went away from, I didn't like that. I didn't like, well, I didn't like that explicitly. The other stuff I didn't like is like, they settled for some bad, like Kawhi took a lot of bad pull-up threes. I didn't like that. Like he just, he, he does that though. Sometimes he does. He does, it. he does. And I hate it. Like I even hate it when they go in because it's like, you know, they're just bad shots, but that's also the latitude that you give superstar, you know, players. I thought Reggie did. Okay. I mean, he was three of seven. I thought Jamichael battled really well. Like he was one of five, but he was battling on the boards. I think what lost the Clippers, the game ultimately is Montrez played like 19 straight minutes and then they had him and Lou on the floor together down the stretch and the Lakers just abused Lou, which is understandable on the defensive end. So at the end of the day, you know, the Lakers, they beat the Bucks and the Clippers back-to-back. They're not back-to-back games, but back-to-back. Uh, do you consider them, before the season was postponed, do you consider them the best team in the NBA? No, I still thought it was Milwaukee. Still thought it was Milwaukee. I thought it was Milwaukee because here's the insane part, by the way. Everyone made a big deal about that Lakers win against Milwaukee, right? But no one made any kind of hullabaloo about the fact that Milwaukee did the same thing to them in Milwaukee and looked more impressive as they did it. <laughs> you know what I was confused about is when the when Milwaukee beat them, Giannis did the little crown. And then when the Lakers beat the Clippers, Kuzma did the crown to LeBron. I was like, why don't you just do that in the Milwaukee game? Why'd you save that for this game? Right. You know, it's... Look, those are two very nice wins for the Lakers. They needed them. This was That was a week the Lakers needed to get wins. Like, they had to beat the Bucks. They had to beat the Clippers. Not because they absolutely needed to in terms of the standings or anything, but for morale. You just like, don't want to they... lose a team three times. Right. And I think people need to realize that for the Clippers is this loss of the Lakers doesn't mean much for them specifically. It's very hard to beat a team three straight times. And like, every time they lose, Snoop Dogg is cursing them out on Instagram. So right. I'm sure they didn't want to hear that again. Well, I don't know. I hope people go back about a year ago, almost when Toronto and Milwaukee met in the Eastern conference finals, Milwaukee was up to nothing and they were up in that game late. And couldn't win. It went to overtime, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Like, it's very hard to beat a team three straight times. And I understand Toronto then went on to win four in a row. But that's rare. Like, it's very hard to sweep teams. Very hard to beat a a really good team three straight times. Because law of averages comes into play. Variance comes into play. All these things. So, my biggest takeaway from that game was actually a positive thing which is I didn't think the Clippers played pretty well and they had a chance to win that game or at least be in it at the, at the end. And I was very impressed with Paul George on one specific facet. 
he was very aggressive driving to the rim. And you can't forget about Avery Bradley going nuclear. Okay, so that's a theme with the Lakers, right? Lakers Clippers, one of their guys always goes off. Danny Green went off for 28, his season high on Christmas. I'm sorry, on opening night. Kyle Kuzma went off for like, I believe, 25 on Christmas, which at the time was a season high, I believe. Uh, and then Avery Bradley just went for 24 against the Clippers to beat them. And that was his season high. It was just funny to me because I remember Avery Bradley said in the preseason, he circled the Clipper games and every Clipper fan was like, yeah, whatever, dude, for sure. Doesn't do that great. The first game doesn't do that great. The second game. And then that, that third game, he went, uh, he went full Josh Smith game six where you're like, go ahead and shoot it. And then he kept making it and you're like, okay, maybe don't shoot him anymore. Yeah, it's look, man, you have to force not great shooters to beat you. The Clippers did and he did. So you live and learn with the Warriors game. No one got hurt. That's my biggest takeaway. So we opened up, you know, some fan questions for today. And I had one guy named Matt G say, which former Clipper do you think would be the most impactful addition to this current team? but they can't be all NBA, all defense, or all-star. So I'm going to say J.J. Redick. Hmm. How do you think he would fit in? Honestly, that's a tough call because he's pretty much like Landry. So let me take it back. I'm not going to say J.J. (laughs) See, I have Redick listed, but I have a question mark because I was thinking of that myself. He's pretty Landry-esque. You'd have to substitute him for Landry. Okay. If we took off Landry, I'd put JJ. But if it's just a straight-up addition, uh, two people. Steve Novak. Steve Novak, just give him the ball and let him shoot it from the corner because he'll be oh wide open God. all the time. Or, honestly, I kind of want to say Reggie Evans. Reggie's not bad for the toughness and like the yeah. rebound. He was such a great rebounder. I think there was like a record that he was like the best per 30 minute a game rebounder ever or something like that. Like, I don't know if that's true, but I believe it. I'm just going to make it up. He's the best 30, 30 (laughs) minute rebounder of all time. Did Eric Bledsoe ever become an all-star? I thought he was with Milwaukee, wasn't he? No, because Middleton was. Yeah, Middleton was, but I thought Bledsoe also went last year. I thought they got three. Oh no, maybe. No, he hasn't. No. Maybe but see, I'm, a, I, I'm examining them like as like what they were when they were a Clipper. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple names listed and I'm going to go in order. So I have Reddick, but you already said him. I have Matt Barnes. That's a good one. Karam Butler. Okay. Corey Maggette. Okay. Shout out to Corey. And Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon hasn't made anything? No, he won six man of the year, but he never made an all-star team, all NBA, none of that. The other thing with Eric Gordon, that I think people forget his third year with the Clippers right before he got traded. He was really freaking good. Yeah, he was really good. Oh, I got a new one. Now that okay. I Googled it while we were on here, Gallinari. Has he really never, he, yeah, he's never made an all-star team, huh? No, Gallinari. Man, he's, he's a, he's a solid guy and I think he could fit in pretty well. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go with... I will agree with you on Gallinari. I think that would be the guy. In the, you want to know what the reason is? What? He's your stretch four. Yeah. Easy. He's he's better than Marcus Morris. He's... I mean... And he can shoot the three lights out. 
he can get to the foul line very easily. Like if Gallinari is very like throw him, the, throw him the ball, he'll get to the free throw line. Like Lou Williams, just throw him the ball, he'll do it. Luka Doncic learned that like snap headback, like the head snapback thing. He had to have learned that from Gallo. <laughs> I mean, he's either that or James Harden. James Harden's pretty good yeah, at the snap that, headback. That's true. With Gallo. I've said this on Twitter before. Gallinari is one of the five guys in the NBA that I'm just like, anytime they shoot a three, I 100% believe it's going in. Yeah, I could see that. It's weird. There's certain guys that I think that, and then there's other guys like like Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford, I would I would almost think like when he's wide open, it's not going to go in, but when he has a hand in his face, it's going to go in. Like he, so, so Lou Williams. Yeah, like Lou, like Lou Williams. Although Lou wide open, sometimes they go in, but it's a lot of the bad shots that'll go in, and you're like, all right, then step back it. I don't care. Right. All right, so another one of the questions that we got was, your all-time favorite games covering the Clippers. Uh, this is from Marty Flinkerton. I was at the Clippers Heat game in 2011 and still the best live game I've ever been to. First year of the Big Three in Miami, and that was basically our championship game. So Sorry. you've been to more Clipper games because you cover them. Yeah, and, and I, so I've been to every single game pretty much for the last eight years. So, which is kind of crazy because that sounds super old. Um, like, I think the hands down the greatest experience I've ever had in there was Game 7 San Antonio. Like, hands down. That's the loudest I've ever heard that building. People were, like, I'm not even kidding. People were crying when they won. And I remember... I was sitting in the media section and the Spurs media girl was crying, shaking hands, being like, it was a good series. And then like my boss at the time never showed emotion because we sat in the media section. I wasn't a member of the media back then, but I sat in the media section. Never shows emotion. Right when Chris Paul hits the game winner, my boss does like the Michael Jordan fist bump. And I looked at him and he was like, don't say anything. (laughs) And then like, and then right when we won, I ran to the crowd. And it was weird for us as like seasonal workers at the time because we're not media, we're seasonal. And mm-hmm. so for all the seasonal workers, it's like the moment we lose, we don't work anymore. We suddenly have less income. So it's really stressful for the season. It's a, it's, a, it's a viewpoint of seasonal workers you never really understand until you're in that position. We were like, we were like oh crap, like I don't have a job anymore for six months. And, like, I remember right when uh, Chris Paul hit the game winner, Matt Barnes gets the block on Kawhi. Um, And then, like, we win the game. I ran to the crowd, and some fans started hugging me. I think it was Chris Kumar, who's a season ticket holder. But, like, a fan starts hugging me. We started jumping up in the air, and I'm like, I started yelling. uh, (laughs) I started yelling. I was like, they're not going to take our jobs. They're not going to take our jobs. And then and then the Houston Rockets did. So but anyway, that was that was the best game I've ever been to. So that was on May 2nd. And the reason I know that May 2nd, 2015, is because I did a running blog that day of just how crazy that sports day was. So do you want to hear some of the sports stuff that happened that day? I remember Mayweather Pacquiao's that day. Okay. It gets it gets kind of nuttier. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. That was the fourth through seventh rounds of the NFL draft. Okay. There was also there was also game two of Capitals Rangers, and then there was a Premier League match that day between Manchester United and West Bromwich Albion. After that, uh, there was oh my god, I just blanked on it. 
Uh, I have a I have a tweet from Mike Trout where he put hashtag TMT and then added Floyd Mayweather. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scored a hat trick that day. The Angels were in San Francisco, and I believe Mike Trout homered. Uh, yes, Mike Trout homered that day. The Kentucky Derby happened that day. On top of that, there was an Xfinity race at Talladega. And then it closed up with Clippers Spurs game seven and the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. That was now, a hell of a sports day. Now, will there be any sports on May 2nd this year, though? Do you want my honest, honest opinion? Yeah. No. I don't think the NBA is anticipating that. I think they, I think they believe like 30 days to a month to two months, we should be back to normal. The thing that'll be interesting, um, is, is how fresh are the players? Like, do they have to go through another little mini like training camp or preseason or are they just going to be in game shape? I think they're. I think they have to go through another mini training camp because they're they're just staying at home right now. They're not doing anything. And, you know, uh, and a, lo- a lot of them have home gyms and like basketball courts and stuff, but that's that's not live action. Like you're not you're not going for forty eight minutes against the elite of the elite like you are in the NBA every night. I do have one other game. It's not my favorite game, but I just think it's a very fun game to be at. Was a. Uh, Clippers Thunder game six the the day the Thunder eliminated the Clippers and I remember obviously it was super sad because anytime you lose anytime you're a seasonal worker and you lose at home everyone's hugging each other and like crying and saying goodbye which is like the worst thing it's like graduating college and knowing you're not going to see your friends and then you're just like saying bye but like um I was just I just thought it was interesting that day stands out to me because I remember game five is the day the Clippers got screwed with the um, Reggie Jackson, Matt Barnes call. So they were already pissed off at the referees. I still haven't forgiven Chris Paul, by the way, for what he yeah. did. <laughs> and the fans were pissed off at the referees. And game six was the very, I, honestly, out of like the eight years of Clipper games I've been to, was the angriest I've ever seen fans. They started chanting, refs, you suck. And then they started throwing trash onto the court. And I was like, holy crap, they're they're really mad. And like, Clipper fans are usually so passive and for them to get that mad, you know, usually you're supposed to be like, don't throw trash. And I was just like, you know what? You guys deserve this one. So do whatever you want to do. I was at a uh, Clippers Thunder game for mother's day. And I don't know how many people recall that game because it was one of the most incredible swings in emotion you'll ever have in a game. game. Yeah, I don't know if people know this. With three minutes to go in the first quarter, the Clippers were down by 22. Yeah. Like, yeah. OKC came out and drubbed them. Absolutely drubbed them. And then the Clippers just kept clawing back, clawing back, clawing back. Like, you're like, okay, like at some point, like, you know, whatever. You know how many lead changes there were in that game? Oh, I don't remember. One. Do you want to know when it happened? Oh, uh, in the fourth quarter? 123 to go. Jamal Crawford hits a three to put the Clippers up two. He... Russell West Russell Westbrook then made a layup. Collison hits a two, a layup. 33 seconds to go. He hits another layup, puts them up four. Westbrook makes a layup. Eight seconds to go. Blake misses the layup. Remember that? Yeah, and then they ran back. The Thunder did. They run back. Westbrook takes a left wing three. 
from where I am sitting in the arena when he pulls up, I cannot stress this enough. I thought it was good. Yeah, but he never makes those. It was so online. The arc was beautiful. Like he was, it was confident. It was open. It was online. Everything looked great. And then it didn't go in. And I've never heard an arena erupt so loud in my life. It was like a, a, a sigh of relief and, then and a roar. It in. I remember that. And then yeah. he missed. And then he fell on the floor and collapsed. They came back from that. De- like the Clippers have had some incre- like incredible comebacks. Like that one gets lost because it wasn't, you know, Memphis uh, game one or uh, right. yeah, the 31 point Warriors comeback. But that to me was one of the most like riveting things. Like the Clippers won game. Remember, they went on the road to OKC that year and won game one in convincing fashion. They lost I, two. Go ahead. You think that team is the deepest Clipper team before this year? Yeah. Is that probably the best Clipper team? Yeah. See, that was like, if, that was, like I thought like that was probably the best team they ever had. But at the same time, it's like. Everyone talks about how they didn't come up. Like, so that year and the Rockets year were the two years they were healthy for the most part and didn't come through. But at the same time, it's like, is there really that much shame to lose to an MVP Durant that had Westbrook on his side? Like, whoever loses that series, you're going to say came up is like, you know, came up short in the playoffs. Right. And the, the crazy part is, like, I don't know if the Spurs beat the Clippers that year. Like, and I know that sounds crazy because I believe the Spurs, the, the Spurs won the title that year. Yeah, that was the revenge year. Yeah, and I understand that sounds crazy, but the Spurs didn't match up well with the Clippers. I don't know if the Clippers beat Miami that year, though. I'll tell you that much. Oh, I don't think they beat Miami. Yeah, that was the one team that they just, like, they could never get past, especially with how weak they were in the small forward position. Like, they would have gotten carved up by Miami. But at the same time, it's like, who the hell cares? I just want to get to the conference finals. I don't even I don't even care about winning. Just want to get to the conference finals. They could have whipped them. The Spurs could have whipped them in four games. I wouldn't have gave a damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most but, attitude of all time. Uh, but all right, buddy. Um, we're going to be back next week because we have well, like we have to be. But I think people need to hear from us every every couple of days because you know we're we're going to get through this together. Like everyone's in this together. We got to get through this together. Yeah, we'll probably have a special video game edition where we just cover everybody playing video games. <laughs> yeah, so look, actually, yeah, we could, yeah, yeah, why not? Whatever. <laughs> We're It's cabin fever, baby. Let's lead into it. Have a good uh, one. All right. Uh, for for myself, Justin Russo, and for Farbot Esnasari, this has been Clip and Roll, everybody. Everyone take care of yourself. Take proper precautions. Social distance yourself. Be good and kind to each other. And for the love of God, don't hoard everything. Please, everyone take it easy. Wash your hands. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.